Well, I was always, I've been always attracted to, to sunny locations with the beach because of surfing. And, but the idea to work from the beach at the time I graduated I sounded like, like crazy. Some of the great thinkers of our time, like Einstein, went, um, went out to coffee shops. And, and apparently that's one of the reasons that they exist, so that people could go and exchange ideas and talk. Hi, I'm Paul Miller and this is Digital Workplace Impact, where we investigate and explore the ideas, practices and people impacting the new digital worlds where we work. It's dusk on a Friday in Lisbon, waves crashing on a white pristine beach. You peek out through your office window as surfers hit the waves. You smile and continue working, content in the knowledge that this is your office and your home. For decades, where you lived and worked was separate, but Peter Faber, founder of innovative co-working space Surf Office, has rejected this notion and turned it on its head with co-working spaces where you sleep, work and play. Today we go on a journey where conference calls follow trips to the mountains, where we replace swapping business cards with cooking breakfast together. I'm joined by guest Peter Faber, founder of Surf Office, and Phil Many, global social media risk and governance leader at consulting firm PwC. So it's great to be uh, joined today by Peter Faber. Uh, Peter runs Surf Office. It's a company that provides, well, spaces in exotic spots, at least for me they're exotic spots, where people work and live, live together. And Phil Many is author of Social Media Risk and Governance, uh, Managing Enterprise Risk, and also the Global Social Media Risk and Governance Manager at PwC PricewaterhouseCoopers. And it's fantastic to have both of you on the show today. Thank you. Thank you for hosting us. Great to have you here. So the theme that we've got for today is where on earth will we work and does it matter anymore? And, and this is a really kind of fascinating subject because work is in is in motion is how it feels. And, and and Peter, I really want to start just by asking you a question that I like to start every podcast with is when you think back, what did you expect of work when you entered the working world? That's a very tricky question because I don't think that I had some some expectations. I know that I wanted to to build new things. I didn't know, I didn't know how I started with to work in corporation. And after a while, a while, I realized that I don't want to work in the corporation, but there were basically no expectations. I wanted to, to have a good life and work on meaningful, meaningful things. I mean, did you have any sense of what work location meant for you? Or is that just you, you didn't have a picture in your mind of that. Well, I was always, I've been always attracted to, to sunny locations with the beach because of surfing. <laughs> and, but the idea to work from the beach at the time I graduated, that sounded like, like crazy. No. To, when, when did you graduate? I don't know. It was seven years ago. Mm-hmm. So I started I started to work for some software companies. I had my own startup, but yeah, at the time I'm originally from Slovakia and I worked in, in Prague, in Czech Republic. Yeah. At that area, if you say that you would like to live next to the ocean and surf sounds Mm -hmm. very crazy, but then I realized that it's not so crazy and I actually, I would like to try it. So that's how I basically started uh, this concept serve office. So, so why did people think it was crazy? And, and why did you not think it was crazy that you could sort of combine surfing with, with working? <laughs> Maybe because there is no tradition of surfing in these countries. I don't know if you, if you count people who, who are surfers or who, who surf in Slovakia or Czech Republic, it's maybe, I don't know, 
200 people, 300 people. Mm -hmm. So it's a very niche sport and the closest um, ocean where you can surf, it's in France and it's 2000 kilometers. So uh, yeah, maybe because of the location that there is no the culture of surfing in these places. So if you say something like you want to move to the beach and surf there and work from the beach, it sounds like a like a crazy idea. So you might as well have said, I, I think I'm going to work on on the moon because I think it'd be a fantastic place to work. And and uh, and people looked at you and thought you, you're up, you're you're a bit crazy. But um, I, I think this is quite a fascinating idea because it, it feels to me like there's a, a sort of distant vision that you had of a, a beautiful beach somewhere a long way from Slovakia. And 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 you know your desire to to work was kind of mixed with that. So how can you just um, for for um, myself just explain um, Surf Nation and the the concept that you you've come up with here? It started as an office for me. So at the time I worked as a UX designer, user experience designer in Prague, and I moved I moved to Canary Islands, uh, and I. I still worked remotely for that company. So I, cre I, I needed to create the workspace for me. So I created like a little, little, little office with few more desks. And I invited some, some friends and colleagues and friends of friends. And that was the concept at the beginning when it started that to have like a little, little office where it was in the, at the apartment where there were also some other rooms so people could sleep there and they could visit me. They worked during the day. They made serve, they, they organized some serve lessons during the lunch breaks. And yeah, then we had some good time after, after work, no, with some, some beers or, or whatever, some music. And that was the, that, that was how it started. And then it, then it obviously evolved after three years. It's it's Surface is the place for for also for team building. So teams from from large cities usually come to to Surface to start new projects or for one week or two weeks work on new ideas and at the same time have something like team building. That's great. And 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 a self correction to me, to me and apologies for. Um, describing a surf nation, it's surf office. I don't know why I'm kind of a bit obsessed with nations at the moment. <laughs> but um, I, 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 you know, as you're talking, I'm thinking to myself, oh, I get it. So my own company will sometimes gather together for a week and we sometimes have an Airbnb house for all of the management to live and, and live together for a week as a sort of team building. But we could come over to surf office and and we could just be there. So th this is really quite a, an incredible concept. And and did you find that it took a while to get going? You said it's been going for three years. And what's a typical day there now? Typical day, I would say people are people are in the office because when you when you see the website, you can you can have that feeling that people actually don't work there, how it's possible to work next <laughs> to the beach with the sun and, and mojitos in the, in the beach bars. But the truth is that uh, most people come because of some reason. So they have, uh, they have a specific project or specific tasks they want to do. And they usually spend this six, eight, ten hours in the office during the day. And maybe they, they make a break in the middle of the day for like longer lunch or or they go to surf, but maybe only 30% of people actually surf. So surf office, it has in name that it's about surfing, but but actually it's it's more about surf, let's say lifestyle. Mm. And what people tell me why they like it is that um, imagine that you are in London and you come to Lisbon and you you totally change your routine because you are in the new environment with new people or maybe people you know but in the totally new city and and you 
maybe try to to live like a local so you go for the lunch like local and then you work normal working hours and then after work what you do in london the same thing you do in lisbon but uh, you try portuguese food and mm. and you visit portuguese places and and you explore lisbon but uh, your daily schedule it's maybe very similar to the schedule you have in your hometown but then you enjoy more the weekends because you are saturday sunday in in sunny lisbon so then people organize like serve lessons or trips things like that i think what's fascinating is that i mean the concept of of co-working has has been around for a while and and um and in fact i i was part of a co-working space in 1992 in London, which was there was a group of architects who couldn't afford space themselves in in central London, so they kind of grouped together and occupied a a building in in Covent Garden. And the concept of co-working, I think, is is getting quite established. I I think the bit that's surprising, even shocking, is the idea that people would not only work together but actually live together. And and how did that come about? And and is it is it difficult for people to adjust to that? Mm, I think it's it's very natural because if I compare it with uh, with your example that with your team you rented the Airbnb somewhere and you had nice team building or offsite, you don't need you don't need maybe other people, but uh, when you arrive to serve office alone so you are alone in lisbon it's actually great thing that after work you can have a drink with someone who is like-minded and doing i don't want to say that all people are doing the same stuff but it's kind of similar there are some similarities so most of the people coming to serve office are are working in tech or something related with with internet and even if not it's interesting to have a conversation with people who otherwise you don't meet in real life because they are from totally different social group and 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 it helps when you share the living space together because uh, i don't know preparing the breakfast is it's uh, one of the best situations to for networking and it's so natural you don't have to uh, compare it compare it with the meetup you go to the meetup to network with other people it's so formal no you go to ask someone hey how are you what do you do and and you start to network you you exchange business cards so imagine this in the large kitchen when you have the same time of people as at the meetup, but you don't have to be formal. It's very informal. You just talk about uh, how is the weather, how is the food, uh, what do you want to visit this weekend. And then, by the way, you can talk about your business or, or your work on your latest project. So I, I suppose there's um, a couple of ideas are occurring to me is that, you know, if you think about it, you know, so much of us are together in work and and non-work online you know we're we're in um we're in twitter and linkedin and facebook and and snapchat and instagram and so we're we're digitally if you like living and working together in a virtual environment and what you have kind of done um is is sort of create a physical kind of manifestation of that and it's it's almost like that persistent connection and i i think that's such a an interesting thing but can i ask you i mean what what has surprised you by seeing people work and and live like this i didn't expect that people will come to work 10 hours and sometimes i have to <laughs> kick mm-hmm. kick out people from the office because the weather is awesome uh, Everyone is, I don't know, Friday afternoon and everyone is in the office and I ask them, guys, you are in Lisbon, you are here for five days, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. can work <laughs> when you come back. So that was for me the, the biggest surprise that uh, people, people were productive, especially I see employees 
that's the thing. I expected more freelancers and entrepreneurs right. in Servoffice. And it evolved that somehow it, it attracts more and more employees. And if you are an employee and you want to, to go to a place like Servoffice and you propose it to your boss and the boss approves that you can go, then you work like crazy to show that you can be productive at such place because you want to repeat it. You want to do it again. Which is interesting because, um, and I think the, the people who run, I think it's called Rome um, or Co-Rome in, in Los Angeles. And we can put that, uh, the, the, the link in the show notes, but the, the, it's a co-working, co-living space in, in Los Angeles. I think of talked about the same thing. You'd think the problem would be not working, but the problem can be, almost too much working but is is this is the concept of surf office just for young workers or is it attracting people of different age groups or what do you think on that yeah that, actually that's the second second biggest surprise i had i i expected that it it would attract more younger people but uh for instance, now we host the retreat of the company, 10 people from, from UK. They organized the retreat in, in Lisbon, in Surafit Lisbon. And their average age is somewhere for about 40 or 42. And All right. Could you tell me what, the, can you either say what the company is or what sector they're in? Uh -huh. Just they, they develop, they develop uh, mobile apps for, for TV, I don't watch TV, so I don't. Brit Britain get, <laughs> got talent or something like this, like this superstar <laughs> yeah, music. Yeah, yeah Brit Britain's got talent. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. You, you. I, I, I shouldn't say this, but you're probably, probably. Uh, it's not something you're going to miss out on if you haven't watched. It. <laughs> In my view, but anyway. Um, no, so that's 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 really interesting. So. And and uh, so you're getting people from uh, quite a different demographic to what you surpri uh, surprised you. Would you say have you sort of um, tweaked the format of of Surf Office, and and if so, why? We had to change a bit the experience for for companies or yeah for groups. So if the company wants to organize the team retreat, they expect a bit different experience. That in that case, it's not so important the community. We don't have to create a community in Surface because they are already community, they are already group, and they have a, a bit a bit different expectations. They are more focused on work. On they always have like one companies always have like one goal, one project they want to do. And yeah, we are trying to, to help them to, for instance, we had to create like more spaces for, for meetings or to having brainstormings or, or flip charts and projectors or things like that. So a bit changed the infrastructure because, well, if you come to Surface alone, you don't need, you don't need the flip chart <laughs> or you don't need the projector. You're listening to Digital Workplace Impact with me, Paul Miller, where I investigate and explore the ideas, practices and people impacting the new digital worlds where we work. Today, I'm in conversation with Peter Faber, founder of Surf Office and Phil Many, global social media risk and governance leader at consulting firm PwC, where we explore location in work and what that means for us today. The Industrial Revolution has produced places of work that still surround us, offices, warehouses, factories and cities. But is the digital workplace revolution rendering place irrelevant? Phil, thank you for being so so patient and uh, and listening to my conversation with, with Peter. And, um, you know, we'll get into some things about your own sort of thoughts about what we've been hearing about but i i really would like to just kind of find out from you so you know wh when you came into work that to the workplace and the working world what, what what did you expect from work so uh thanks paul uh, i mean just to add a bit of context i'm 30 and i joined pwc just after graduating 
just around eight years ago. So thinking back to where we were at that time, I was on Facebook uh, and uh, social media was, was definitely already here. In terms of my impression of what it would be be like entering the working world, I, d- I didn't really know. I had I'd had some um, uh, businesses beforehand that I'd set up, uh, and then I was joining a, a big organisation. I knew that PwC, of course, is all about helping our clients and um, the PwC people go to wherever their clients are. So I wasn't really sure what it was going to be like, but I had a, I did know that I was not going to be in the office all the time. I'd be out and about wherever my client is, often working at their site. Uh, so that was my um, impression. I think that has... Um, that is very much still the case at PwC, but I think the way that technology has come around, uh, it's just made that even more prominent. I mean, just uh, obviously conference calls and things have, all, have existed for a long, long time, but now you've got WebEx and uh, other uh, platforms where you can hold meetings, uh, video meetings, Skype calls. You've got WhatsApps now coming to the office. You've got the enterprise social networks like Yammer, Jive, IBM Connections, which have also changed the dynamic of work. I think it's all all changed quite quite considerably. And when you think about physical presence, because that's kind of what we're talking about here, which is you know this uh, this idea of where on earth will I work? Do we work, and does it matter? And and when you think about physical presence, what what is that? What's the what's the role that physical presence plays inside PwC? Well, I think there's um, there's always a need for physical presence when you're having face to face meetings with with clients. So a, a, a lot of people at PwC spend most of the time out um, meeting their clients face to face, either at their offices, our offices, or or, or elsewhere. And that's uh, clearly. The, the way the way that it is but um when we're not out at clients and we're just doing other f- work it's quite common to just work quite flexibly really um it, work from home work from wherever's um wherever's comfortable in the office uh, i think it also depends on the type of work that you're doing though so quite often if i want to have some time maybe to think about a new blog or think about the uh, the strategy for the work that I'm doing. I I leave the office uh, to have, give myself a different environment, a different thinking environment. Maybe go to a coffee shop and sit there. In fact, I was discussing this with uh, a colleague not that long ago, and um, they were saying that uh, all the great some of the great thinkers of our time, like Einstein, went. Um, went out to coffee shops and and apparently that's one of the reasons that they exist so that people could go and exchange ideas and talk about what they're what they're up to very much in the same way that we were hearing about surf office so i think that it really depends on the situation really yeah and do you find there are any cultural barriers to this kind of level of flexibility in a, in a company like PwC. So what do you what do you mean by Well, I mean I I come up one of the things that I'm I often get um asked about is what do we do with uh, managers and teams where they they really want to see people there physically. They 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 don't trust that if people are not there physically that they're going to be working. It's a bit like what Peter talked about, you know, when people come to um, surf office for a work there they're almost kind of feeling slightly obliged to work even harder i just wondered on a, on a cultural level how acceptable it is to work kind of where you where you I want to i think it's definitely acceptable nowadays at least in pwc it's definitely acceptable in fact just as you were talking you, you reminded me of our compliance training um as uh, strangely enough um there, there was a a, a video in in uh, our latest one where there was um uh, it, what happened was uh, there was someone who was dialing into a work conversation and the person on on the uh, in the office said well you know what they say if you're um, working remotely you're only remotely working obviously this was the point of the video was to show that this is not acceptable just so we're all clear <laughs> that we're, we're not saying that this this is acceptable it's to point out that that is not acceptable and um mm. the fact that that is included in our training for everyone at PwC I think that's a really good thing that points out that you know 
people work in different places and uh, PwC is definitely more flexible about that sort of thing. And I, I think the same as our, our clients. I, I'm seeing clients are much more um, flexible. I'm not saying everyone, of course. So I, I share your experience, Paul, that you you've, you've have seen people who who don't necessarily have a, a trust that their, their people are working if they're not actually present in the office. But my personal view is um, that... Uh, you should trust people, and um, and that is that is it seems to me the the most sensible way. That's a personal view. Yeah, and um, and I think that point you made about coffee shops and creativity. There's, a, you know, I don't know what you think about this, but there's a, a real kind of focus with reason on productivity and how we work and whether it makes us more productive. But I think one of the interesting things is, you know whether it makes us more creative and and there's a level of creativity needed in an awful lot of work mm. and so do you think or to what extent do you think that this flexibility kind of fosters creativity i think it does uh just thinking back to when i was writing my book i mean i didn't write that much at home actually um because i have a, have a young daughter and and she would just keep coming in all the time wanting wanting cuddle um, so I, I was out and about most of the time, um, either in the office or in coffee shops or even in a pub, writing writing my book, uh, and then socialising with with uh, colleagues to debate issues. I find that uh, good when you're out uh, out of the working environment where there's more people around and you can be a bit more sociable. I think that a lot of good ideas come about from from those sorts of things. Uh, and just thinking again. Uh, I think a lot of this does depend on the type of work that you're doing. So at PwC, we have a, a digital environment uh, in one of our offices, which uh, is very much open plan, lots of sofas around, uh, boards, big sort of um, uh, prototyping areas, areas where our people can come in, not in their suits and whatever is comfortable. And uh, when thinking about digital, they, they come together even with our clients to help them think about new ideas for technology and apps and things and i think that's a very deliberate move uh to have a different environment to to allow that I'm not saying it's right for everything of course but I, I think you need an option of a few different spaces depending on what it is that you're you're trying to trying to do sometimes if you're writing a big report you may just want to go away and have some quiet time on your own to to write but sometimes if you if you if you want to bounce ideas around uh, and maybe a, a more open environment might might be better. I think a lot of this depends on the situation, what it is that you're actually trying to do. And I think it's really interesting because, you know, I mean, one of the, the one of the reasons why we've traditionally lived and worked where we do has been the has been the work technology that came out of the industrial revolution. So the factories and offices, mm. essentially, where that's where the tools of production lay. But now that they've become pretty much mobile, I think we're kind of reshaping where we live, where we work. And it's it's fascinating to see it happening, I guess, in, in, in companies that are used to different ways of working. And I just wondered whether you see generational differences within PwC around where people want to work well the average age of people at pwc is actually 28 which is relatively young com considering what the, what the size of the organization that we are we're, we're 225,000 people around the world um and so we have a a, a large number of uh, younger people uh, in fact i'm as i said i'm 30 so i'm i'm, I'm older than the average uh, average age of person <laughs> at pwc now so what we're seeing is a a shift uh, where we are being given the tools that that we need. Uh, a good example is the launch of uh, our enterprise social network, which we called Spark. That was in um, February 2012. Uh, and one of the big reasons that we implemented Spark and we used the Jive platform uh, was because of the social interactions that are the way that People like to um, it's, it's 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 what we do in our personal lives, and so work should kind of reflect how we communicate and uh, giving giving our people the tools that they expect in in, in work 
I think is is a really good idea, and that's one of the main reasons that we um, we implemented uh, Spark. And also, I think it's quite quite good from a talent perspective, HR recruitment perspective. If you're joining a large organisation and you you get there and you find that it's all very old school, uh, I, I'm not sure how. Um, I don't know what the right word is. How happy or, or content you're going to be mm. without without the tools that you would expect? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's sort of like you can get both a a digital disappointment if the technology is not adequate. Mm. You know, we've got lots of situations where people are not getting the tools they need, and then basically just using cloud based yeah. tools. And you hear about sales teams using WhatsApp because it's far more effective yeah. for them than whatever the company's provide. So you, so you can get that f- digital disappointment there and then you can get a, a kind of physical disappointment mm. if you go in. And I think even if the office is really funky, and I'm sure like you've been in a lot of very funky, interesting offices, but if you've got to be there every single day throughout the working day, then it can, it can start to feel quite uh, restrictive. Mm. I mean, what what do you think PwC can learn from kind of, I'll, I'll call them experiments, um, like Surf Office. I mean, they're both experiments, but they're also pioneers. Um, what, what can an organisation like PwC learn from, from that? Well, I, I think we're quite a flexible organisation. I mean, if our clients were working in places like um, surf office then we that's where we would go uh, to 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 support our clients and likewise we've got a lot of people a lot of different teams doing different things uh, i wouldn't be surprised if uh, sometimes teams were were taken out uh, to to go to somewhere like surf office i, I know uh, we've had just not even that long ago i can remember going going outside of um london to to a hotel for a strategy day just a small group of us and uh, that was to get us out a uh, bit of team building just all the things that peter was uh, speaking about i think that firms can uh, learn something from these if you, if you want to call them experiments and maybe maybe try them out like like we've been talking about technology and present uh, physical presence this has been changing dramatically over the last sort of 10 years where is it going to lead to next i mean even social media really has only been around just over 10 years and it's now part of the business part of business communications where is it going to be in 5 years i don't know we are far more mobile these days um we're we've got our smartphones and ipads and laptops with us all the time I don't know what the future is going to be, but it is, I think it's good to experiment with these sorts of ideas. Yeah, I mean, and your role inside PwC is is around social media, but also yeah. risk. And, 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 and I suppose I'm wondering, what are the risks in this kind of mobility of work, which, which potentially could be seen as a sort of fragmentation of of physical connection. Yeah, I mean, I think you alluded to some of the risks uh, earlier on uh, by not giving people the tools that they expect. Let's just say some sort of cloud file transfer mechanism, quite common. Let's say you're trying to send a 100 megabyte file to a friend and your email system doesn't allow files above 10 megabytes, let's say. What do you do if there isn't a uh, a solution that your company offers, uh, which allows you to do secure file transfers? I wouldn't do this, but I know that a number of other people that I've spoken to would just go for the easiest option, which is to resort, as you mentioned earlier, Paul, to a cloud-based solution, whatever is, is going to be there to, to make your job easier. In terms of social media risk, I, I'm, I love social media, and it's definitely here to stay, and companies should embrace it if they haven't the 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 opportunities for companies to to use social media are vast but there are risks as well and uh, companies should be aware what those risks are i mean if you think about communication whatsapp we've already spoken about you you mentioned salespeople resorting to whatsapp i think there needs to be some sort of education policy training that that tells people what is appropriate and what's not appropriate on these different channels and and where what the risks are and, and educate them about those. Yeah, and it's, I mean, I suppose just kind of thinking about this this um, experience of place and the mobility. I've travelled recently on in cities around 
in the southern hemisphere and and every place you go to property prices are going through the roof and on the other hand we can live and work where we wish to so so why are people still clustering in cities if it's just economic reasons you can live and work wherever you want to Wow, that's quite some question. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't, the short answer is I, I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> no idea. No I, no, I mean, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I've got any idea. Um, mm, maybe, maybe I have one idea that the remote work is not for. It's not for everyone. Some people say that it's for maybe ten percent of the employees or best people because you really need the routine and discipline and all these things to work remotely. So for many people, if they go, I don't know, to Bali and have to work in some remote office in Bali for the company, let's say in London, most people will fail with the discipline. I suppose what you're talking about is is a level of kind of self-discipline there, aren't you, Peter? Uh, Self-discipline, but also... um, it's not for people who just graduated and start a new job because they don't have they don't have much experience they don't have much work experience in general and remote remote work is quite challenging because it's a lot of about communication how to how to write properly emails and that everyone can understand you because there is no in the office, there is always the solution that your colleague doesn't understand you by email or by chat. So you just stand up and, and go to talk to that person or have a meeting. In remote work, sure. it's, it's a bit complicated. So people who work remotely, they are usually very good, very skilled in communication. No, it's interesting you say that because, I mean, we've got about 80 people in my company and... Um, one of the things, because we, we used to have offices and now we don't, and we operate mostly in the US, but across Europe as well, um, but we, we don't have any offices. And one of the things that we find is that for people who are just out of um, college or university, it's it doesn't really work for them um, because they want somewhere to come to. But it, if you've had a little bit of experience of that, then it seems to suit people. And, you know, it's not something that we... Uh, of sought to get a certain kind of demographic. It's just that that's what um, seems to to happen. But one of the things that it makes me wonder about when you're talking, Peter, and about this idea of who this is suited for is is Surf Office a a place that families could go to? Not now. We don't we don't accept families. Mm. And the reason is because the. Sp- this space these spaces are not designed for for families there you can have people having the the party i don't know at 11 and if sure. you have a baby it it just doesn't just, just doesn't work but it's actually a good uh, good business idea some people <laughs> no i i it's what i'm thinking I'm, i was thinking to myself and i'm sure other people have kind of experienced this where you go on holiday and there's a whole bunch of people kind of surreptitiously working or actually working on holiday. But to just to flip that paradigm, you basically say this is a place to work, but you can also be on holiday. So it's almost like a, a family vacation where people are supposed to be working. Um, I think there's, there's, there's um, I suppose it's just another example of the number of kind of possibilities here. And... I mean, I suppose what I'm just sort of wondering about is, you know, we're talking, Peter, from what your experience is with, with Surf Office and, uh, and Phil, how this also maps at, at PwC. And I'm just wondering what these different patterns of work tell us about what's happening to work itself. Is, is work coming to represent something different in our lives? I'm not sure which of you... Uh, has a has a kind of response to that question i think that in future will be much harder to pretend that you are wo- working it would be hard to fake the the work because if you work remotely and there is this shift shift to remote work uh, if you work remotely 
the only things the only thing which matters is what you ship no your results and are really easily trackable so i think that there will there will be a big big change in remote work and and work in general that if you if you have all employees working remotely it's easier for you to track the productivity and then you maybe realize that you don't need 30% of employees because if you are in a real office it's really easy to pretend that you are working you organize the meetings you have five meetings a day you always look busy when you meet when you meet your colleague <laughs> they ask you how are you doing yeah so much work so much work <laughs> and and you send you schedule five emails for sunday evening to your boss so he has feeling that you work <laughs> over the weekend and there are a lot of people doing this like faking the real job but if you work remotely it's very hard to do and because it's so transparent everyone can see the communication in in slack or or similar similar communication tools so i think that this will be the 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 biggest change <laughs> okay that's very interesting what what's what's your feeling about that phil and uh, uh this I, I'm, not, I'm not sure i've seen some statistics i'm sure well maybe not statistics uh, some well, yeah, let's call them statistics. I can't remember what they are off the top of my head, but they're, they're, they're around the way that we work nowadays. And um, I, I've seen some of these from within the firm about in the past, people may join a company and, and be with that company for life. And the trend now seems to be that that isn't necessarily the case and that younger people now expect to have multiple um, different employers throughout the course of their life. Uh, the mobility question, I think, is also one for younger people, and I, I count myself as a, a younger person there as well, in terms that we, we want more flexibility and to be able to work, uh, be mobile and, and work from wherever we are. So that's just something that I, I, I've, I've heard about this as a trend, and I, and I totally agree with that's what it is. I don't have the statistics. I can't quote them. Um, but that definitely seems uh, true from what I, I personally feel and, and from what I know of um, my friends and, and colleagues. Now, that's interesting. And, and I, 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 what, what's your feeling about this whole, the ability to actually, if you like, monitor or, or understand how much people are working if they're not physically present well, i think you do need an element of trust um trust such a valuable commodity and you do need to trust your employees uh, um i don't I'm, I'm i'm cautious about this this monitoring aspect uh, particularly in in, in uk and, and europe monitoring is a, a touchy subject uh, i don't think we need massive monitoring to to police what uh, our people are doing i think you do need uh, an element of trust but as peter said if you are working remotely a lot of that is going to be down to what your deliverables are and, and i think that is the the best test of whether it works or not incidentally we have um, a, a, an annual summer uh, survey which goes out to all pwc people about um you know how we feel in the organization and there's always a, a question in there about how much uh, remote working or flex, flexible working it's called uh, how much flexible working we do on an informal basis and um uh, it, i think it would be fairly high at least for a lot of the people that i work with um the informal flexible working i think that'd be quite 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 high mm. yeah no i i think it's quite it's an interesting point and and i mean i've it's something i've been asked when i talk to people about how people in in my company work and they often say you must trust people a lot and 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 one response which is true is that i do um but on the other hand i i also say but you really that's not what is needed you actually can evaluate as you're both saying people based on what's produced um so uh, actually it's not so much about trust i think i mean kevin kelly who's the founder of wired magazine's got a a new book out called inevitable which i think is really terrific and i'm really enjoying reading it and one of the things that he says in his 10 or 12 inevitable trends over the next um 30 years and he's been right in the past is that everything will be 
measured. Um, everything will be tracked. And I think I don't I think it's I think that's true, but I don't think it means that the what is tracked has to be used or abused. I just think it will become more and more a part of what what happens. But I'm just kind of um, wondering, you know, if if we roll forward, say, eight years and look at a typical day, either at Surf Office or at PwC, what what's is it going to look very different to today? Um, what what do you think you might you might see, Peter? Do you want to have a what what what's Surf Office going to be like in in eight years' time, twenty twenty four? Hard to say. I think I hope that there will be more Surf Offices in eight years. <laughs> uh, yeah, a lot more surfers. A lot of more surfers. A lot more Surf Offices. I think in terms of work. There will be more people working on specific projects, specific amount of time. Like I see it already happening that companies like TopTal, they connect developers with, uh, with tech companies. So if you need to, to outsource software services, you can, as a client, you can use this service TopTal and they connect you with one or how many you need developers and these developers they work i saw some people who work for them in their office they're the company is distributed they have like almost three thousand people but no office and these people they work like they take a project one month and they work one month on that project but then they can just say that i don't want more projects and then they travel one month or they want to make more money, so they take more projects. So they basically, I don't know how to how to call it, but <laughs> you want to make some money uh, this evening, so you turn the Uber app and you can become the driver, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, these kind of jobs and projects will be more common in, in next years and not only in IT, like in, in consultancy, that it will be like a metrics, no, that you, <laughs> you connect yep. and you, you are in metrics. You work for, for two weeks on the project, specific project in marketing, whatever. And then, then you just disconnect from the, from the metrics, from the project and you can you can travel you can spend time with your family or you can take another project but there will be in my opinion less and less uh, full-time jobs yeah so i mean if you're entering the workplace as a as a young person you're entering the world of work is is this a a time that offers up a lot of possibilities or does it or does it offer quite a lot of insecurity or maybe both. Yeah, but the young people are not looking for security. They are looking more for for freedom. They mm. want flexibility. And Phil, does that correlate with? I mean, I, I'm, and I didn't realize that the the average age in PwC was 28. That's really surprising. And uh, how does that correlate with what people are looking for? In, in PwC, difficult to speak f- for the firm, but my personal view sure. is is I agree with Peter in that young people do want flexibility over security. Uh, probably flexibility definitely seems fairly high on there. In in terms of what will people do on any given day uh, in eight years' time at PwC, I, I actually think it'll be fairly fairly similar to now. Um, we will go where our clients are and. If our clients go to somewhere else or start start working on beaches, that would be pretty cool, I think, for uh, us as practitioners. That wouldn't be a bad day in the office. Um, but I think we will continue to go and um, support uh, and serve our clients wherever they are. Hopefully, technology will continue to advance and make our lives easier, uh, help us get things done quicker and more effectively while we're on the move. Um, again, to Peter's point, yes, supporting that flexibility, being able to work um, where we are that supports us. But in the end, wherever our clients are, that's where, where we will be. No, it's a, it's a kind of fascinating thing. And I'm just sort of wondering, Peter, and I, about other areas of, of kind of non-work enjoyment that we have like tennis or mountaineering could you imagine sort of the surf office concept being taken 
into those areas. I know we've got one person in my company and she's a very keen mountaineer and she's managed to keep working well climbing in Bolivia or in the Alps or wherever. Totally, totally. Actually, we are working on the project. We would like to open a um, office in, in French Alps. So as I said, that office started very was the idea was very connected to surfing, but then that part, the, the surf part in the name of surf office became more something like a lifestyle thing or surfing between locations. We can call it surfing between locations. And now maybe only 30% of people actually surf or try surfing. So mm. it's like a natural evolution that so why not to open surfaces somewhere in mountains or or even the cities without the beach without the beach but it certainly starts to address the uh, the city issue of property prices <laughs> you know it's it's a bit like if property is so expensive then you've got to use space in a in a new way digital workplace impact is produced by the digital workplace group a strategic partner and boutique consultancy supporting more than 100 leading businesses and public institutions to advance their intranets and broader digital workplaces through benchmarking, research and practitioner expertise. But be aware, I am biased. I am the CEO and founder of the Digital Workplace Group, so a little partisan in recommending DWG. Links to our research and show notes for today's episodes can be found at digitalworkplacegroup.com slash dwimpact. I'm just wondering, Phil, I mean, one of the issues that kind of potentially comes up with this more flexible approach is is to do with, you know, what we call work-life balance. And do you find that um, that's being uh, hindered or hampered? And, and what are your thoughts around kind of work-life balance in this more mobile way of working? Hmm, interesting uh, question. Um, before before I answer it, let me just say that uh, we do have one big constraint with all of this um, remote working and, and flexi uh, flexibility, which is, of course, uh, a decent internet connection. So I just thought it came to me when you were talking about um, working up a mountain. Uh, I think <laughs> I would imagine that would be fine, as, but as long as you had an internet connection. I don't know about everyone else uh, on the call, but w without an internet connection, it's uh, quite difficult to... Uh, to, to really do do much and uh, that's one of the the really big important things seen as a, a commodity now I think um, something that everyone has a, almost almost has a right to have in the same way they've got our electricity and water etc but sure. um, your question my personal view this is very much just a personal view is, is that I don't think it's ha having a negative impact on on work life balance um, personally I quite enjoy being able to look at my phone when I choose to outside of working hours whether that be on a weekend or in an evening um, and I I want that uh, I would be uh, probably frustrated if that was taken away I, I've seen stories about um, you may have seen uh, some of these stories where some companies I believe they're in um, mainland Europe had uh, had been implementing policies i'm not sure how true these are but where where emails were being deleted while you were out of the office on holiday you may have seen the reports <laughs> yes yeah that um that would have a ne large negative impact on my motivation <laughs> I, mean, it's, I don't think i'm being sad but uh, i quite enjoy what i do and when i am uh, away on holiday i don't really mind having a look at my phone from time to time and seeing hmm. seeing what's happening uh i i enjoy what i do and uh it's, it's quite nice quite often I, I like to see exciting things happening and uh but knowing that i have a strong team behind me so that if issues arise i know that i i'm on holiday and they'll have it covered um so that's 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 my view i don't i don't think it's encroaching i mean clearly that WhatsApp is is becoming more and more per pervasive. Uh, getting WhatsApp messages all the time. We, I'm on PwC's global leadership development course, so um, we've just 
been to Shanghai a couple of months ago. Next is Colorado in August, and then we've got Marseille in November. Can I join that? Sounds fantastic. <laughs> it brings together leaders from PwC from across the world, uh, across uh, all of the countries that we we we, we, um, we operate, and we've got a, a big whatsapp group for um, 50 of us in this class and so you know the way that the world is uh, different time zones all the time trying to organize uh, calls that are, are decent times for everyone is quite challenging but we do have a whatsapp group which we're also using for mainly uh, personal stuff to try and get to know each other and um, i quite enjoy seeing what um, my colleagues in canada mexico india Hong Kong, wherever they are, I quite enjoy that. And um, I don't know, is it work or not? I don't know, but I, I like it. Um, no, I think I think you're absolutely right. And I think, you know, there's been quite a bit made of the whole companies who switch off email. And, and as far as I can tell, it was done by Atos uh, a few years ago and, and nobody else as significant has followed it. So I, I think it's one of those ideas that got a lot of news coverage at the time but actually doesn't really work in a in a business setting. And Peter, what's your feeling? This is is the whole work life divide balance is that does that matter anymore? Um or what's what are your uh, thoughts around that? It's important to to sometimes have the time off for some people is the is the meditation, for me it's surfing when I'm in the water. But I think it's not healthy when when we are connected all the time and when we combine the 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 work with the with personal life like nonstop all the time. I think this will this will change in future. I'm trying to, for instance, have like thirty minutes blocks during the day when I switch my phone and all the notifications and internet, and I just take my my paper notebook and I work on on my ideas mm. for 30 minutes without to be connected uh, to internet without without call and notifications sorry but, were you going to say yeah, something I think, I think that just quite nicely plays back to this flexibility that we've been talking about which which young people want they want the flexibility uh, and uh, it, 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 work-life balance is different for everyone uh, and so as long as there's flexibility to do what, what it is that you feel is right, then I think, I think it's going to, uh, going to work. No, that's, um, I mean, I think it's, you're, you're right. I think it's a really interesting sort of uh, notion. I mean, I think people do like to switch off, you know, and I think we often, I find myself because I work in very digital environments like we all do. So I like to spend my time walking, walking the dog in nature, taking exercise, and, you know, um, getting that physical world. Um, so um, the question that I I, uh, I like to end with and, and to ask perhaps you first, Phil, is um, so what, what makes for a perfect work day for you when it's gone just absolutely the way you want? What's what's what have you what's happened? Well, this is very personal then. So um, I, uh, I'm quite extroverted and I, I get my energy from being around others. And uh, I like thinking big and uh, thinking about uh, creative solutions to problems. So where a perfect day for me would be uh, one where I get into work or meet up with some colleagues to to look at some sort of um, problem or challenge that we're facing to brainstorm that and then to start working out a plan uh, to uh, to solve that challenge and hopefully as I'm very very much into digital and technology there'll be there'll be some sort of technology aspect to that and uh, in that f for me would be would be great followed by hopefully a few beers in the evening uh, <laughs> to to carry on the conversations and, uh, and and think big and dream wow that sounds great and and peter what's what's a what's a perfect perfect work day for you perfect work day is if i know to somehow fit the sport activity to my day uh, because i know that it's like a boost of the energy so to work let's say four or five hours and then have to have short break 30 minutes one hour for whatever 
surf or or run or mm. something like this and then continue to work again and you are and then i'm full of full of energy and uh, but in terms of productivity i need to see results so i need to productive day is the day when i don't have any skype calls <laughs> i don't have to i don't have to talk with anyone and i can focus on on shipping Mm. Uh, shipping new new things, finish finish projects I started, things like that. Then uh, after I finish or ship something that day, I'm I'm super happy and satisfied with my mm. work. And that's that fantastic answers from both of you. And I think the thing that sort of strikes me is that it's it is the the the, the technology and the mobility and the flexibility that that is available that allows you know, your version, Phil, of a perfect day and Peter's version um, to, to to happen. And they're, they're quite, they're quite different. So just want to thank both of you really um, for a fantastic conversation. So thank you, Peter, and for all of your kind of contributions today. And it's been um, really terrific to have you on Digital Workplace Impact. And also to you, Phil, and um, for all of your contributions and, and perspectives. And thank you to both of you. Thank, thank you. you. You've been listening to Digital Workplace Impact with me, Paul Miller, investigating and exploring the ideas, practices and people impacting the new digital worlds where we work. This was a Digital Workplace Group production. And this is Paul Miller wishing you well until next time.